And here's something shocking that probably uh, most people don't know how damaging it is when you do not get the appropriate sleep you need, one, and you don't sleep on the rhythm you should, two, you live 30% shorter lives. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Welcome back to the Mind Valley podcast. Today, we're going to talk about energy and supplements. And we're going to be discussing some really fascinating topics from what supplements you should be taking to jack up your performance throughout the day. But as I was speaking to our guest speaker, we also realized that we have a common interest that is also worth adding to this. And that is what supplements should you take when you are post a plant journey, whether it's Aya or whether you're experimenting with peyote or shrooms. So um, if plant medicine is exciting to you. This is going to be a hot topic. If supplements or boosting energy or metabolic performance or cognition states throughout the day fascinate you, this is important. The supplement industry is a $36.2 billion industry just in the United States. Yet no one knows who creates the ingredients that power the industry or how they work. On top of that, we all could use different ways to source energy. Like me, I drink coffees throughout the day and take different supplements. But I'm sure that with a little bit of knowledge, I could do things better. So what if there was a formula to maximize your daily energy while overcoming exhaustion and and basically crushing it at work and at life? So I want to introduce you to someone. He's got a peculiar name and and that name is the ingredientologist. And that is because he has formulated over 500 supplements, food and beverages, and cosmeceuticals, and patented 10 novel ingredients. Now, his name is Sean Wells. And I first met Sean because I was organizing an event in Sardinia. And I was having dinner with Ben Greenfield, the Ben Greenfield, one of the fittest human beings alive. And Ben Greenfield said, Vision, if you ever want to understand supplements, this is the man to talk to. And he had brought Sean to the event. And Sean and I ended up having dinner that was uh, probably in 2018. So it's so interesting to reconnect and bring Sean back on the Mind Valley podcast. So Sean Wells is a leading nutritional biochemist and expert on health optimization. He has counseled thousands of people on natural health, a solution such as keto, paleo, fasting, and supplements. He has overcome several health issues, including Epstein-Barr virus, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, depression, insomnia, obesity, pituitary, tumor. He has two internationally distributed documentaries, 20 plus scientific citations, 30 plus patents filed on novel ingredients and 500 plus products formulated. And if that's not enough, he's appeared on 700 radio shows, 300 podcasts, and made over a thousand media appearances. So today we're going to learn about Sean's energy formula. And I'm holding up Sean's book right now. Uh, For those of you who are impatient and want to dive into his work, the book is called The Energy Formula, and you can get it from energyformula.com. That's exactly how it's spelled, energyformula.com, which, by the way, I was just telling Sean, is the most beautiful author book site I have seen in the last two years, at least. So 
check out the energy formula. The book is called The Secret Only a Biochemist, Dietitian, and Certified Sports Nutritionist Could Know by Sean Wells. Six life-changing ingredients to unleash your limitless potential. So Sean, welcome to the Mind Valley Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me on, Vision. It's great to reconnect. Super excited to have you here, Sean. And today we're going to talk about um, some key ideas from the book, specifically in the book. The subtitle is called Six Life-Changing Ingredients to Unleash Your Limitless Potential. And what I was hoping we could do is have us, it's have you uh, first in the first part of this, give us an idea of what these six life-changing ingredients are. And then in the second part of this podcast, we want to talk about supplementation in combination with plant medicine. Does that sound like a plan? That sounds perfect. Let's dive into it. So right out of the gate, uh, experiments is the first chapter. An experiment dives into bio-individuality, that we are all different. And in this book, I talk about the things that I do, but I also mention what science says. And I also mention what it, it's important for you to do what your body tells you to do through genetics, through blood work, through testing of the different diets and your compliance. Like what is your lifestyle? What will you be compliant to for the rest of your life? So we're looking at uh, all of these tests. I go through the three most important ones for anti-aging, uh, which I love to talk about because it's all about mitochondrial health, mm. which is about cellular energy. And that's at the core of the energy formula. So there's three tests that I really love that I go through in the book. Uh, there's hemoglobin A1C, which is a longer term indicator of blood sugar and glycation is a vehicle for uh, aging, uh, blood sugar damage, et cetera. Uh, we know that most diseases are metabolic in nature, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that they're not uh, things that you're just born with. Like 99% of diseases are metabolic. When we talk about cardiovascular disease, cancer, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, all of these things are metabolic in nature and have a lot to do with insulin levels and glycation, this blood sugar damage. So hemoglobin A1C, uh, CRP, C-reactive protein, an inflammatory marker, again, glycation, inflammation. And then the third thing that I like to look at uh, is oxidation via uh, oxidized LDL. These three markers give you a really good snapshot of your biological age versus your chronological age. Mm -hmm. Gives you a snapshot of your disease potential and your uh, health span versus lifespan. So uh, it's a great chapter. Um, Sean, so it's a yeah. quick question here. These, these tests, is there a particular uh, service or, or website that you suggest people use to get these three things tested? Uh, you, can, you can go to any lab service um, that's um, you know, a straightforward uh, lab service in your town. You should be able to walk right in like LabCorp. Um, mm -hmm. Those are ones that I have used in the past. It uh, should, be, should be fairly easy. And for those three labs, we're talking 100, 150 bucks. And those are I things see. that I would look at maybe, you know, once or twice a year. And you have, again, a, a really good snapshot of, of what's going on with your, your health, your aging, your, um, your vitality. I mean, how, how high functioning your mitochondria are. Um, moving into the next chapter in the but book, just, just, just before you go on, Sean, just, just a couple of questions on that on these yeah. experiments. So firstly, this is really cool because uh, a lot of people have spoken about supplementation. A few people I've had in the podcast have said, okay, there are certain tests that you got to do 
that are going to give you that, that are going to give you a pulse check on how you're doing health wise. But after we do these tests, how do we read the data? How do we understand? You said these three tests are a great indicator of our chronological versus biological age. How do we understand the data? Yeah, I mean, there is, it's an interesting question because there's always within normal limits, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I worked 10 years clinically as a chief clinical dietitian. And those, it's, it's similar to the discussion around with, with uh, vitamins, deficiency versus optimized levels. You know, a lot of what we look at is deficiency and not necessarily optimized. Like, well, how much does it take to optimize you? Um, And when you look at a lot of these labs, within normal limits just means you're not sick. So it's not necessarily like ideal levels. And that takes like further interpretation, like working with a a functional or integrative medicine doctor. Um, That's what's going to help a lot with your uh, hemoglobin A1C. um, It's pretty much as, as low as it can get. Um, it sounds crazy. Like there is within normal limits, like, you know, less than five is, is ideal, but it does seem like the, the lower that we can get insulin and therefore, uh, blood glucose, uh, that the longer you live, the more growth factors, the more growth hormone you have, um, the less glycation damage that you're doing. Um, it's just been shown time and time again, that the lower the insulin is, the better you're off. Oh, that's amazing, Sean. That this, this is really, really, really cool. Um, so can't wait yeah. to, I'm, I'm actually going to have my assistant schedule this for me tomorrow. Great. Great. And, uh, okay. I, I could just got to figure out here in Estonia where I can get this, where I can get this tested. If any of my listeners here, uh, happen to be in Estonia and no, have a recommendation, please message me on Instagram. I would love to know. Now, let's go on to the second piece of the energy formula. Okay, so that is nutrition. And people that know me know that I've done keto for about 20 years, but I do a a metabolic flexibility version of it where I do cyclical and targeted ketogenic dieting. And I eat a largely paleo diet, so whole food focused, um, avoiding things that are inflammatory. One of the key things here that you may not know that I'll bring up uh, that could be, you know, shocking is how much uh, these omega-6 oils are in our, our food supply and how inflammatory they are. Uh, you know, if you think about things like canola oil, which we were told is super healthy, it's in all the foods at mm-hmm. Whole Foods. Canola uh, is actually called rapeseed oil, and it typically gets highly oxidized when they process it. So it actually turns black. It has a bad odor. It's completely oxidized and pro-oxidative in terms of damaging you. And what happens is they add deodorizer to it. They add bleach to it uh, to make it look palatable and taste palatable. But this is a highly oxidative uh, oil that's used throughout our food supply. And then when you add things that are high glycemic, like the sugars, the maltodextrin, the starches, the, all these things that are in there, it's a double whammy for inflammation. It really is like it's, it's unprecedented because these are ultra-processed oils and ultra-processed carbohydrates, and together they're pro-inflammatory, and it puts our 
body in a systemic state of inflammation, our brain and neurological inflammation. And it's more aging. Just the oils alone are more aging than two packs of cigarettes a day. What? That is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And we're eating all these, uh, these highly processed vegetable oils and told that they're healthy. So what is the, what is the oil we should be using? The oils that you want to be using is leaning more in the two other directions towards saturated fats, like the omega nines. So things like mm-hmm. coconut oil, MCTs, uh, things like that, butter, ghee. Uh, and then on the other side, you want omega threes, um, you know, things like uh, fish oil, flax oil, et cetera. And if you use things like olive oil, uh, those are amazing. Um, but don't use those under high heat. That's where they can get damaged. So things like olive oil, I like to add to salads, you know, things like that. And things like butter oh. and coconut oil are what I like to cook with because they have a high smoke point and they're not going to oxidize. That's interesting. So we shouldn't be cooking with olive oil. Correct. Okay. So with cooking, so, okay. So that, that's really something I'm, I'm taking back right now. I, I make my, my four egg omelet every day with olive oil. So you're saying don't cook with olive oil. You add olive oil onto a salad, but what you're saying is use coconut oil or what else could be used for cooking? Uh, MCT oil, coconut mm-hmm. oil. Yeah. MCT does come from coconut, Tiffany. Um, and then you can also use things like uh, butter, ghee, uh, Stuff like that. That's amazing. Thank you. So that's a really, that's, that's something I learned right now that I can immediately apply and shift in my life. And I want you to have that attitude as you're listening to this conversation. Um, in fact, have that attitude as you're going through Sean's book, The Energy Formulas. You can see these little things can make a massive difference. And what you're going to find really great about Sean is he gives you all the evidence. He gives you all the data. Like I said, this is a guy who has 20 plus scientific citations and 30 plus patents filed on novel ingredients and 500 plus products formulated. So this guy knows his stuff. Okay. So we've covered experiment. We've covered nutrition. What is the third category? So uh, exercise, we're jumping into exercise. And in the book, I go through uh, some of the hottest uh, tips to really uh, maximize your time in the gym, to maximize hypertrophy, things like blood flow restriction. So this is also called Katsu, uh, BFR. And I don't know if you if you know what BFR is, Vision, but I can give a, I know this is recorded on Spotify, but we're on video at the moment. And I can show you like it's a cuff that goes mm-hmm. around, for example, your bicep and it holds at about uh, seven or eight in tightness. So you're mm-hmm. you're cutting off uh, venous blood flow, but you're not cutting off arterial blood flow. So it's, mm-hmm. it's tight, but it's not too tight. And what happens is you get cell swelling. This is so cool because it's like doing uh, four sets of 10 reps, a couple reps in. So you're just forwarding yourself to what would be the, the super pump. And I can't take anymore. And the lactic acid, oh, it's killing me. Like you're getting there right away with this uh, blood flow restriction. And when you add things like drop sets, supersets to it, you're getting a lot of fatigue on the muscle and you can cut your workouts literally down to like 10 or 15 minutes. There's one more that I really like to do called intraset stretching. Wait, just, just before you go off katsu. Okay. Yeah. So I've been hearing about katsu. In fact, I was just hanging out with Ben Greenfield and he brought up katsu. Mm-hmm. He mentioned, Hey, you mm-hmm. got to look into katsu. If, so let's say we have a regular workout that we really like, right? Let's say it's 20 or 30 or 40 minutes and we do, and we use a concept like katsu 
what if you had to estimate what percentage efficiency would that workout go up massive like literally like you know 50% it, it's literally really? it's so massive 50%? because it, look wow. it's all about it's all about getting to this point uh there's actually a z line uh that's mm-hmm. in the muscle that has to do with eccentric movements and there's also sensors in the muscle for how much cell swelling there is and it's like this is like just fast forwarding your workout to that you know 10th rep on the fourth set like when you're yeah. your muscles so overpumped it's so swollen you can barely continue but you know if i get one more rep in that's the one that's going to make the difference you know it's the last rep of your set and it's certainly the last rep of your last set if that makes sense right you know that's where the muscles that's the one that's going to make fatigued. the difference right and that's where time under tension comes in too. And if you can keep a movement more controlled and more under tension, instead of bouncing at the bottom, bouncing at the top, then that's good. But there's a new uh, idea that's also called intraset stretching. So mm-hmm. in between, let's say you're doing that set of curls in between sets, when you're resting for 30 seconds, let's say you flex your triceps as hard as you possibly can. And at this point, the bicep mm-hmm. is fully stretched okay and you've just been doing curls and so the biceps have been working 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 and now you're fully stretching the bicep by flexing the tricep and then you go right back into your next set so the bicep is always being fatigued and it's just an exhaustive exercise so you add blood flow restriction intraset stretching drop sets all into the same exercise and in 10 minutes you're going that's fascinating now now Intraset stretching, does that happen if we're doing, say, bicep curls? Bicep curls, we do, we, 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 we do one set of bicep curls, and then we move to do one set of tricep pull-downs. Then we go back to the bicep curls, then back to the tricep pull-downs, and we alternate. Does that qualify as intraset stretching? No, no. You, you would literally want to flex out the uh, competitive muscle and... Okay. So that you stretch out the muscle you're using as fully as possible. So for bicep, okay, so if we're curl, doing bicep curls, we want to do we want to stretch flex your like tricep that. like as hard as flex you possibly can. Flex the for tricep. Thirty seconds. Yep. For Thirty seconds. Okay. And then go and right then, back into your set. And it, if okay. it was triceps, then you'd want to flex the biceps. Flex the biceps. Right? I see. Okay, that's so interesting. So alternate sets. You don't recommend that? Uh, I do. I do. That like the supersetting con- uh, concept is mm-hmm. great uh, in a bigger picture. But if I was like really limiting time, I would take one mm-hmm. muscle and just hammer it. I see. And that's one where I would go instead of like the superset, I would probably do a drop set. So like think about like if you're in a machine with a cable, you can just keep dropping uh, the pin. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can just go right back into the next set and just keep dropping the weight until you can't get one more rep. Right. Yeah. If you're doing blood flow restriction, intraset stretching, drop set, your muscles will be toast in like five, 10 minutes. Like your, okay, that's your, incredible. your workout for the day I, is done. I cannot wait to test it out in the gym next. That's going to be really, really, really interesting. So we have covered experiment, nutrition, exercise. Now, of course, guys, what Sean is doing here is he's giving a key idea from each of the six principles in the book, right? So if you're finding this interesting, like already katsu, I am going to go invest in some katsu bands. This, this sounds amazing. So if you're finding these tips interesting, Imagine what you're going to get if you dive into the full book. Okay, so now let's go on to 
principle number four, which is routine. Yeah, so routine revolves around circadian rhythm. And this is our sleep-wake clock. We have an internal clock, uh, the suprachiasmatic uh, nucleus, that actually is like the master clock for our body. But all of our cells have all these other little clocks. And everything runs on a system. I mean, if you think about like the Rolex watch with all the gears, it's your body's like that. And it's meant to run on the sleep-wake cycle. And here's something shocking that probably uh, most people don't know how damaging it is when you do not get the appropriate sleep you need, one, and you don't sleep on the rhythm you should, two, you live 30% shorter lives, 30% when like when they look at shift work displacement syndrome, wow. so meaning people that are night shift workers, when they're bucking the circadian rhythm trend then they're living 30% shorter lives. We're meant to wake up with the sun and go to sleep when it's dark. We're not meant to be eating at 10 o'clock at night. We're not meant to be being jacked up by Game of Thrones or a football game or, you know, whatever it is late at night. We're not meant to get all the blue light in our eyes late at night that's preventing the melatonin release so that we can get into our sleep cycle. We're doing things that are counterproductive. Dr. Sachin Panda's data is so good around this, like even timing your meals only during the daylight. Wow. This okay. This is fascinating. So, so what are some tips that we could immediately walk away from based on this concept of routine? Yeah. So I believe that you should one, do intermittent fasting. I avoid uh, eating first thing in the morning uh, and then, you know, eat lunch uh, around, you know, noon or so, but I'm also done by six o'clock. Uh, if, if we're talking about the winter, uh, you can eat mm-hmm. a little later for me. I have a longer window eating window when it's the summer, but my, I'm, I'm only eating with the daylight. Um, so that's, that's worked highly effectively for me and fasting, even with Epstein Barr is a question. Yes. Fasting has helped me elevating ketones. So fasting is one way to elevate ketones, uh, as well as the ketogenic diet, as well as glyc, um, mm-hmm. depleting glycogen, uh, with exercise, uh, is another way to elevate ketones. So ketones are going to help with autoimmune issues. That's one of the ways that I dug myself out of Epstein bars is using some of these uh, techniques that I'm talking about. That's, that's fantastic, Sean. This is so intriguing. Okay. So I fast every day for about 16 hours. I'm a big fan of fasting. Um, On Mind Valley, we have a program called Beyond Fasting. um, And that's really what did it for me. So I fast and it's been, I'm just so in love with it because it's, it transforms your energy, your clarity. Once a week, I try to fast for about 20 to 22 hours. Now, my question to you is this. I was interviewing Stephen Gundry on this podcast, right? The Dr. Stephen Gundry, amazing guy. And he writes um, about energy and health. And his books are incredible, just like yours. And Stephen said something which seemed a little bit controversial. I, I told Stephen, you know, Stephen, the only thing I, I don't like about fasting is if I finish my dinner early at night, when I'm sitting down and watching my favorite Netflix movie and just chilling out and I want to have a glass of red wine and I want to eat my favorite snacks, pistachios, is that going to break my fast? And Stephen said, actually, no. He said, in fact, both those things are healthy in moderation and they will not break your fast. I don't know about that. And I wonder what you think. I believe those are 
breaking your fast. But you know that there's some complexity to that when people like worry about, you know, what's breaking a fast. Like I think there's some absolutism, like, you know, you run into on, on keto boards that they're called the keto police. And then there's the fasting police. And they're saying, what breaks a, a fast? You know, does this bone broth break my fast? Does having a, an electrolyte drink break my fast? Does having coffee break my fast? Does all of these things, MCTs, does that break my fast? I hear about that all the time. And like, I, I wonder like, what's the reasoning mm-hmm. behind that? Because for me, one, if like, say having MCTs or exogenous ketones is going to give you energy to keep going, to fast longer, then that's more productive for me. Like that is mm-hmm. ideal. Like if, because you had that one thing, you can go another six, 12 hours on an extended fast. That's amazing. Do that. Like, don't worry about whether it's breaking the fast. I mean, there are some elements of like autophagy getting maximized, this cellular detox. But at the end of the day, like to me, the most important part of fasting is the willpower that it creates to show you that I can go 16, 24, 48 72 hours and be alive and thriving when people are telling me I should be dead on the floor, when people are telling me I need to eat six meals that a day. That is amazing, Sean. Yeah. That's amazing. How long do you do something like a 72 hour fast? Uh, I do it uh, once a quarter. I do a 72 hour fast. And then I do uh, daily, I do intermittent fasting with like a 16 and eight. I see. That's great. That's great. So you, you must be like 84 at this point. <laughs> exactly. How old are you? How old are you? I am 47. I'm 47. Okay. But I, well, I you look, look very you young. Look great. I'm proud fit of that. For 47. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So, okay. So that, that's fascinating. Now, um, so basically you're not giving me permission to chew on pistachios and drink red wine at 9 PM as I'm watching Netflix. Are you, you know, uh, the red wine, I, I don't know. And for sure, like the, yeah, it depends. Like there's, there's actually something called a, a fat fast where you can just, mm-hmm. um, focus on fats purely. Uh, there's even things like egg fast, but I think ultimately I would just keep the fast as clean as possible for you but also not be frustrated with yourself if you have something and it keeps you in the game, no matter what it is. Mm, got it. Got it. That that's, that's great. Thank you. So now about your habits. Okay. So you say you stop eating at six. So I'm curious here if, so after six, if you are going out with friends, if you are socializing or even not just sitting with your children and watching, um, watching a movie or going to the cinema. So you're only having tea or water. Correct. Yeah. No right. alcohol, no snacks, nothing. Okay. That's amazing. Right. That's amazing discipline. Great. And that's so, and to me, that that's the most important factor of fasting is literally like it can be done. Once you once you do inter, like, and you go from intermittent to extended fasting, uh, you can see that you're capable of incredible things. I mean, yeah. it is it's so mind boggling for most people to go seventy two hours without eating, and when you do that and you feel energized. Like you can do anything. That's the thing you feel like how much other stuff out there that seemed impossible. Can I do exactly like I just did when I first heard about fasting one year ago, um, it seemed really painful. And um, a few weeks back, I just fasted for 24 hours. Um, And it was a piece of cake. It was an absolute breeze, no hunger, no drop in energy. Um, 
I was training myself for it, of course, with, with Ronan Diego, who is a, a fasting instructor on Mind Valley. But it, I was amazed at how easy it is. The desire to eat hunger pangs, they, they just don't hit you. And so now if I'm going on a big trip and um, I know I've been, I've been socializing a lot, I've been um, uh, going to dinners, uh, elaborate dinners or eating like airline food and I come back, I try to fast for about 24 hours. That's amazing. That's so that's so great for that autophagy. And that that actually goes into what we're talking about with the circadian rhythm reset too. when you fast, it allows your circadian rhythm to find normality, especially like when you're training or your sleep is off. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. 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 And and that's that's one of the ways I also completely overcome jet lag. So I don't really experience jet lag much anymore as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's exactly what they tell you to do, because. Yeah, when you have a meal, it throws off your circadian rhythm, especially like, you know, for you and I that, that travel a lot across many time zones, uh, that can really throw off your circadian right. rhythm. You want to wait. You, it's actually counterproductive. There's a number of studies on this. Like while you're on a flight, you shouldn't be eating. You should be mm-hmm. fasting during that time. And then pick the time in your new time zone when you should eat. And, is, uh, and tell us about fasting and fat loss. What are the correlations yeah. there? Yeah, I mean that, and and that's that's going to be so important that you're metabolizing fat, right? And what happens is during fasting, you're elevating BHB, beta hydroxybutyrate, the key ketone, and it's going to be uh, allow you to protect lean body mass. That's one of the reasons why, for the most part, in fasting, we don't lose much muscle mass and we metabolize fat mass is because BHB is actually um, anti-catabolic. And so it protects lean body mass. So the deeper we get into our fast, the higher this BHB level goes and it protects that lean body mass. And we're preferentially using energy from fat. And that makes sense. Our body is so well adapted to survival. It's going to protect the most important tissue, which is muscle mass. And it's going to tap into where there's plenty of energy typically is fat mass primarily. This is so useful. This is such incredible information. So we, we just covered, covered principle number four, which is routine, right? And if you guys are paying attention, you know, you'll notice that number one was experiment. That's an E. Number two was nutrition. That's an N. Number three was exercise. That's an E. Number four is routine. That's an R. You can guess that number five is going to start with a G and number six is going to start with a Y. It's going to spell energy right? So that, that's a preview of you've been paying attention. Um, so we're going to get to five and six, but first I want to ask you a question, Sean. Uh, let's talk about exercise and routine combined together. If we are doing high intensity interval training, how do we incorporate fasting? Do we still do the eight hour window of eating rule if we are trying to put on muscle? The fasting, uh, intermittent fasting window, I would say like you have to look at hormetic stresses. Let's let's take a step back. So hormetic stress is is stress that's a positive stress, a U stress, EU stress. And it has to do with allostatic load. That's your stress capacity in the body. So it also gets referred to as your stress bucket. Some of us have larger buckets and smaller buckets. The larger your bucket, the larger your stress bucket, the larger your allostatic load, the more capacity you have for hormetic stresses. But there is a point when even things that are hormetic stresses, things like cold plunges, fasting, keto, red light saunas, 
working out at the gym, whatever, they can be too much if you're maxed out on your allostatic load and they can become a distress. Something that should be positive can be a distress. Mm. So what I like to look at with your training and with your fasting is that there's, you know, a baseline for that so that you're not going above and beyond in both, meaning like you're not reaching for new highs while you're fasting and you're not going for new lengths in your fasting. If you want Mm. to continue to incorporate the training and the fasting together, it's enough to do those two together. You know, that's a lot, that's a lot on your body. So I wouldn't be reaching for new PRs, but I would be, uh, you know, feel good about doing the two together. And that is a positive hormetic stress that you have adapted to already. That's great. That's great. That's really good advice. Okay. Now let's go on to number five, which starts with G. Uh, Yeah. So growth, this is getting into growth mindset. And I know you just had a Ryan Holiday on and I get into stoicism. This whole book, The Energy Formula, is about resilience. And and again, kind of growing that's going back to that stress bucket, allostatic load. It's about growing that bucket, being harder to kill. You know, we used to not be uh, so temperature controlled. We used to, you know, where we're, you know, at the same temperature all day long in our car, in our office. You know, everywhere we go, it's temperature controlled. You know, we used to have to deal with extreme hot, extreme cold. We used to have to go days without eating sometimes. We used to have more stresses physiologically that we don't now. We're so controlled that our bucket has gotten so small. We're easier to kill. And that's why it's important to do these hormetic stresses, to do things like cold plunges, to do things, uh, you know, that improve our resilience. And stoicism, the obstacles, the way, uh, like your friend Ryan Holiday, I mean, that's the type of thinking that's resilient thinking. That's the type of hormetic thinking in, in, a, in an essence, like is, you know, I'm not overwhelmed by this idea of the obstacle. I don't want a life without obstacles. I don't want the shortcut around the obstacle. I realize that the obstacle is, in fact, the way. And that is like when you get to, one of the most key mindsets of people that are successful and that's reframing. Everything is working on my behalf. Mm -hmm. Everything is a lesson. I'm either winning or I'm learning, which means I'm winning or I'm winning. And that's a huge part of the book is just getting into all these concepts that revolve around resilience and making us harder to kill. I love that. I love that you address it that way. And I love that you brought up stoicism. So now let's go on to the final item, which is why your tribe. Oh, and you know this one. I mean, you you, you guys are so good at this with Mind Valley creating community. Uh, we met in Sardinia, which is a blue zone, which is something I talk about heavily in this book, especially in your tribe. One of the biggest things about blue zones is that there's community and connection. And if you look at the the Harvard study that's over 80 years running now, the number one determinant of longevity, you know, they looked at socioeconomic status, cholesterol levels, you know, everything they could possibly look at, all the genetics, what they came up with, the number one determinant of longevity is quality of relationships. Right. right? So it's so critical and it's something that we play down. We need to be very intentional about the people we're putting around us. That goes back to Jim Rohn and Tim Ferriss and all these people that talk about who are the five around you and you're the product of those five people. Mm -hmm. It's so critical. And then to have purpose, I believe is the difference maker. 
you know, you see a lot of people when they retire, one, they lose the connection. They lose the friendships, right? They're not seeing people as much. Two, they lose the purpose of going in and doing something and being accountable for something, having a reason to get out of bed. And when you lose your purpose and you lose your connection, you get old. And so that's one of the keys to staying forever young and and being in these blue zones like Sardinia, where people are super centenarians living past 100, is having community, having connection, and having that great tribe, having those great friendships. Yeah, you know, in in all of the blue zone studies, um, you find that in many of these in many of these cultures, people were not living in suburbs where you have to use a car to drive somewhere. They were living in environments where there was a town square, there was a community space. Remember when we were in Sardinia, like everything in Sardinia was designed in, in, in areas where the community could come together. There would be little town squares, there would be like beaches that were shared beaches. And there was this, there's this beauty about European culture in particular that helps create this. I don't see it as much in the US, but at the same time in the US, there are things like churches, seminars, workshops, and studies have shown that, for example, even the community that you get from church or from going to mosque or from going to temple, that also in some ways helps extend your lifespan. So as long as people are coming together, we are almost like a healing force on each other. So I love that you cover that in the book. Yeah. Same with pets, actually. Pets show a longer life, right? So that's another form of connection, right? Now, Sean, let's go on to the next topic that we were going to discuss. But before we go there, I want to give a big call out to your book, guys. I interview so many authors on this podcast. And, um, you know, so many books are, are wonderful to read. They're wonderful to read. They're entertaining. And they, they give you new ways of looking at the world. And they give you new beliefs. But sometimes an entire book covers one topic. It just covers one topic. And at the end of it, you have, a, you, you have that new insight. But it's, it's not life-transforming. Now, Sean's book, The Energy Formula, is life-transforming. I just learned something from listening to Sean. I learned that I've been using olive oil wrong and I need to switch to butter ghee or coconut oil. I also learned that there are three tests that I need to do immediately to accurately be able to see the difference between my chronological and my biological age. I also learned that I need to be looking at katsu bands if I want to increase my workout efficacy by another 50%. um, That's pretty freaking amazing for just a short conversation. Now imagine what the book can do. So I want you to go to energyformula.com and order the book there. And uh, yes, you can order it from Amazon, but by going to Sean's website, here's what happens. Uh, If you order the book from Sean's website, there are a couple of live Q&A bonuses. He's going to give you a fasting guide, fasting for energy. That's a a really interesting um, bonus if you really want to go into fasting. And then Sean has this mystery thing called the hidden chapter. So, which I think is, I'm sure it's going to be epic. Um, And this is the book. I'm holding up the cover right now. For those of you who might be watching this on YouTube, The Energy Formula, Six Life-Changing Ingredients to Unleash Your Limitless Potential. Okay, now for the bonus topic, Sean. I'm getting Sean's advice on what are these supplement stacks that we should be paying attention to when we're about to go on a journey? And then what should we be paying attention to when we come out of a journey? Now, that journey could be psilocybin. It could be ayahuasca. It could be... Um, it could be something that you're taking to an ex- to experience um, um, a music festival. Um, we leave it up to you, but you're about to hear some really intriguing advice, and you definitely want to take notes. 
and start preparing a shopping list before you go on your next journey. Yeah, that's great. I love that setup. Um, and and this whole presentation, by the way, um, I have this. This goes into to a lot of length about psychedelics. This is at seanwells.com slash stacks. Um, and I go into all the different plant medicines, things like adaptogens, why they're so important. I go through Paul Stamets microdosing protocol and I one up it. <laughs> uh, and it's a great protocol, but this is, uh, if you guys aren't microdosing, it's something to definitely explore in terms of performance. Um, anxiety it's it's done incredible things for me as a as an anxiolytic um i have honestly experienced nothing better than doing microdose psilocybin when it comes to anxiety and and a feeling of like you know brushing things off like it's no big deal uh i get in a much better headspace that allows me to be more creative more in the flow um, I get into, you know, blood flow, hydration, neurotoxicity, uh, CBD, which if you haven't studied the endocannabinoid system, I mean, this is just one of those things like we have people that uh, specialize in uh, neurological and muscular and, you know, bone and, and the liver and, you know, all these different things. And that's great. But this endocannabinoid system is known as the master controller, the master system. It controls inflammation, pain, mood, uh, the immune system. And it's crazy to me that there isn't a lot of um, knowledge around the endocannabinoid system. And so, you know, CBD is just one of many cannabinoids that we need to study, but we're seeing profound effects uh, when we do plug in certain cannabinoids like CBD, uh, that mood can be stabilized, that pain can be stabilized, that uh, immunity and inflammation can be stabilized. So I get into neuroprotectin supplements, uh, supplements to support serotonin coming back online, uh, acetylcholine, which is uh, a key neurotransmitter kind of at the foundation of most nootropic stacks. So this is all in here, but I want to get to like kind of my summary uh, of these ingredients. And then, you know, like I was talking about, I think one of the biggest ways that psychedelic stacks actually work um, is that ketones are elevated, um, especially when you've done things like um, fasting, you know, going into the journey, right. That's, that's typical. Like when you go back through history, like people were doing many day fasts and then doing this plant medicine journey, this holy experience. Well, the deeper you are in that fast, the more elevated your ketones are. Those are neuroprotective. Those also help with neuroplasticity. And those are turning on your brain cells that prefer ketones for fuel over glucose. So that's one of those things that I'm studying that I, if there's ways to further in, improve uh, ketogenic levels, that you're going to further improve neuroplasticity and brain healing in the plant medicine space. So adding things like glucose disposal agents, things like metformin, berberine, dihydroberberine, doing things like high intensity interval training to uh, glycogen deplete going into it. Fasting, like we talked about, the ketogenic diet, exogenous ketones, C8MCTs, these will be all ways to boost ketones 
and improve neuroplasticity and brain healing in that space. So definitely hydration gets talked about a lot. We're definitely dehydrated going into most journeys. Uh, you want magnesium. About 80% of us are deficient in magnesium, and it's related to about 250 different reactions in the body. You know, muscle strength, you know, uh, regularity in the gut, uh, brain health, uh, bone health. There's so many things that uh, immune system that magnesium is related to. Adaptogens. This goes into uh, things like maca, rhodiola, ashwagandha, ginseng, uh, lion's mane. These are adaptogens. They help us normalize and regulate. What happens there is you're getting a greater resiliency. You're improving that stress bucket. You're becoming harder to kill with these adaptogens. They're the most legendary herbs of all cultures, like maca in uh, South America, rhodiola in Russia, ashwagandha in India. You know, these are the legendary herbs because they do everything. When you optimize your body, you improve your stress resilience, you function better. You have a bigger stress bucket, allostatic load, and you are harder to kill. So you can get better sleep, better focus, you know, have more energy, more muscle mass, better sex. Like all of these things are related to these adaptogens. So I'm a big fan of using those and that will help normalize your stress levels going into a journey. Uh, prepping your um, serotonin by doing saffron, uh, which modulates serotonin, D3, vitamin D3 helps. And then SAMI, S-adenosylmethionine, uh, um, is something that you want to use as well. And then this one is really fascinating. You may have heard about lion's mane for neuroplasticity, but there's one called 7-8-dihydroxyflavone that literally there's a protein called BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor that's associated with neuroplasticity. And that's a key that's a key component of doing a journey is, is one, ego dissolution, and two, being in a neuroplastic state where you can learn things, you can rewire the brain more easily. This 7,8-dihydroxyflavone is superior to actually injecting the protein BDNF itself. And I've never seen something like this in supplements. So you want next level neuroplasticity. You want to be resilient in the brain. You want to learn new things more quickly, like all this Mind Valley content that's amazing. Take 7 8 dihydroxyflavone. Uh, next up is B vitamins by getting the right forms, the methylated coenzymated version. So for B12, that's methylcobalamin. For B6, that's P5P. For folate, that's uh, 5-methyl tetrahydrofolate. So it's the active forms that don't need to be converted. And then lastly, pre-journey, I like some uh, supplements that revolve around mitochondrial health, which is PQQ, CoQ10, and ergothionine. Ergothionine is actually being studied as a new vitamin, and we have unique transporters and storage for it in our body. And this is unlike pretty much any other ingredient I know of, maybe other than iron. Like this is like so fascinating that we were evolved to need ergothionine. It actually protects your mitochondria uh, on that on that level, which is amazing. So you have this unique transporter for it and then unique storage system for it, you have a deficiency of it. So it's being studied as a potential new vitamin.
really cool. Uh, during the journey, I don't do a whole lot. I do hydration, electrolytes, magnesium, B vitamins, a little bit of theanine to relax a little bit more if needed. Um, but that's it. You know, I don't want to get too complex with too many things going on during the journey. And when I say pre-journey, I mean the days leading up to it. I'm priming my body. And then peri-journey means intra-journey. Uh, so just, you know, anything that I would have in my water bottle. Pre-journey. Yeah. Pre-journey would be like, say, two to three days before the journey. Yeah. And then yeah. peri-journey would be what you'd have in your water bottle or what you would take the morning of the journey? Correct. Yep. Okay. Exactly. And then lastly, post-journey. Now, this is about similar things, but it's about bouncing back. So we have our B vitamins, again, those active forms, uh, electrolytes, magnesium. Then we have things that help bring serotonin back online. 5-HTP is okay to use now. Saffron, D3, SAMI, Zembrin, which is an extract from Kana, which is a natural SSRI. Uh, serotonin reuptake inhibitor. So it, hel it helps bring serotonin back online in combination with these other ingredients. Antioxidants now would be ideal, things like glutathione, NAC, vitamin C, and NAC is N-acetylcysteine. Uh, things that elevate ketones, again, keeping that neuroplasticity up, extending out what happened in that space so that during your integration that you can stay uh, in a space where you can continue to make changes and evolve. And I think that's key with keeping your ketones elevated. And then the next one too, elevating BDNF itself through lines, main seven, eight dihydroxyflavone. And the ketones get elevated again by doing glucose disposal agents like dihydroberberine by taking ketones or C8MCTs. And then neuroinflammation uh, is something that I look at as a, as a potential, like you put a lot of stress potentially on the brain, it's opened it up, but it's also good to potentially reduce some uh, acute inflammation. So CBD, curcumin, tetrahydrocurcumin, and then getting back into the adaptogens, helping normalize your stress levels, helping you again, bounce back, come back online, feel more resilient. So things like rhodiola, ashwagandha, and then getting acetylcholine back online, the neurotransmitter by having things like acetyl L-carnitine, which is an acetyl donor, alpha GPC, which is a choline donor, and that's helping you make acetylcholine. And if you have to, because this may be a long list for a lot of people, um, if you have to recommend the top four on this item for post-journey, what would you say that would be? The top four and the easiest to get. Um, I would say that the electrolytes, um, the Zembrin, is actually that that might be surprising, but as an SSRI, it's going to like make your normal levels of serotonin come back online much, much faster. I, I would say that seven, eight dihydroxyflavone uh, for the neuroplasticity and then rhodiola or ashwagandha uh, as the adaptogen. Okay. So microdosing. Now this gets into like, how am I like doing this over the days and months like, how am I uh, maximizing my performance? How am I improving my productivity? 
that's where microdosing sees a lot of benefits. So like LSD, psilocybin, things like that often get microdosed. You feel more creative, more productive in those spaces. Again, I think you it helps you get out of your monkey mind, if you will. So having you know magnesium, B vitamins, again, elevating ketones with dihydroberberine, ketones, C8MCTs, keeping your neuroplasticity up with uh, 7,8-dihydroxyflavone, lion's mane, adaptogens. Now creatine is something I like, which helps with brain function, helps protect mm-hmm. how the brain works and methylating. Uh, methylation is, is extremely important for uh, DNA and for the brain uh, and protecting it. Uh, fish oil, having high DHA. Uh, race tams, so these are like nootropics that kind of gray market, but my favorite one is, is new pept, uh, which helps the brain function at a higher level. Uh, CBD and cannabinoids. We talked about the other ones that are coming out now to the market, CBN, CBG, and now there's new peptides, uh, things like dihexa, cerebrolysin, which uh, improve neurological function. Um, I take both of those. And then there's some of these other compounds that reduce um, inflammation and improve healing. So BPC-157, thymocin alpha, TB-500, uh, those would all help. And then exosomes, V-cells, and other biologics. So um, those are those are getting used um, in these environments as well, like, you know, getting into a microdosing space, but then adding uh, renewal to your body through biologics of, of things like exosomes. So this, so this is the stack we would take if we were microdosing LSD or psilocybin or any other type of uh, yeah. medicine. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and this is one great. Thing, one thing I've been working on too, I want this to become a worldwide protocol and accepted mm-hmm. uh, practice is the mushroom that you do on your journey, that you take that exact mushroom, that exact strain, if you have really good facilitators. And you make that into your microdoses in the next six to 12 weeks following your journey, that the exact mushroom you journeyed with is now part of your next six to 12 weeks so that you are in a more neuroplastic state while you're trying to integrate, while your facilitators are leading you post-journey, keeping you accountable, which is the benefit of microdosing. But it's the same thing with having uh, the exact mushroom strain. You know, it's not the same if you have a different mushroom strain. So it actually harkens back to the work you did in your journey. And so I'm not seeing most facilitators follow up with microdosing. And I'm certainly not seeing them use that exact strain that they served in the journey. And I would love to see this become part of the protocol because I feel that there's uh, a lot of benefit to be had by by going through that process of that exact strain and this, the facilitator working with you. This is amazing, Sean, but this is also a lot. There's a lot to take here. Uh, are there any companies that provide um, aggregates of these specifically for journeys? There isn't. There isn't, and it's I frustrating. See. And I've been talking to some companies about possibly doing that. Um, you know, So the, these ingredients are highly beneficial to the brain, to the body, regardless 
mm-hmm. but they're only going to strengthen um, what's happening. That's amazing, Sean. Uh, yeah. This is just a quick question. The biggest program on Mind Valley is Jim Quick's program on Superbrain and Super Memory, right? That is the biggest number of new people who are coming into Mind Valley. Um, and these programs are, are the best in the world. Jim Quick's Superbrain and Super Reading are the best in the world at what they do speed reading and, and cognition. What supplements do you suggest? we take to boost our cognition. You know what's awesome is I'm developing a new supplement line for Jim Quick, and it's going to feature my new ingredient uh, that we have over 45 patents filed on, and it's an energy nootropic ingredient that's a metabolite of caffeine called paraxanthine, and the branded name for it's Infinity. But that's going to be the crown jewel in his supplement line, uh, is this ingredient uh, that we're now about 10 studies into. We are seeing that caffeine does not work for most of the population. About a third of the population are fast metabolizers. A third of the population are slow metabolizers. And so the fast metabolizers, I can have caffeine and go straight to bed. The slow metabolizers say, ah, I just get headaches and, you know, I don't feel well. I get arrhythmias. I get anxiety. I, you know, I don't get sleep. And so they get all the side effects and none of the benefits. There's only about a third of the population that gets the ideal benefit, right? So what we've done with these uh, paraxanthine being the caffeine metabolite is you avoid all that. It works for about 97% of people. It inhibits adenosine just like caffeine But what it does far beyond caffeine is it's highly dopaminergic. And so what we see is it increases productivity, increases focus. And then we also see, this is so funny, like people talk about swagger all the time on this. And we actually filed a patent on swagger because the word kept coming up so much that you get like this confidence boost from the dopamine being so elevated that people just feel themselves. And and our friend, I actually gave it to Peter Kell right before he went on stage to speak. And he's like, I don't know, that was the best speech of my life. Like he was literally <laughs> doing cartwheels on stage, Vision, cartwheels on stage. Um, so yeah, it's an amazing ingredient. And then it improves blood flow. Uh, we're wow. also seeing too nitric oxide. So it enhances blood flow in the brain and to the muscles. So we're doing uh, training studies with it, but mm-hmm. we're seeing so much benefit. Like that's my exciting nootropic ingredient that I'm just pumped about and, and Jim Quick's excited about. Um, so those are some great ingredients uh, that are coming out. That's amazing, Sean. Sean, thank you so much. This has been such an, in, such an incredible podcast episode. We have to have you back as a guest more. If you guys found this, these ideas interesting, check out the energy formula Com. It's energyformula.com. Check out Sean's book. You are going to absolutely love it. And Sean, um, I'm also going to give out your Instagram. You can follow Sean on Instagram at Instagram, Sean Wells, S-H-A-W-N-W-E-L-L-S. Sean, thank you so much. I'm going to be following up with you because I you've sparked so many ideas I want to catch up with you on. And this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, 
Take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body, your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.